have the ability to influence and shape the lives of people with the things we say, how we act, and the choices we make with it. She pranked me. She said we were going to say hi at the same time, and she totally didn't. I anyway. think it's a creepy thing that we do, but it's almost Halloween. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of creepy, welcome to OG Influencers. Hi. This, <laughs> this is, is the podcast that explores your favorite artists, favorite artists, favorite artists. Here's OG1. I'm Haley. And I'm OG2. Cece. <laughs> What's up? I think we're both the OGs. We are. There's I don't no think number. No numbering. It's just the OGs. Um, how are you today, Haley? I'm doing so good. What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Um, <laughs> life-wise, nothing too hyped. But, <laughs> but I would like to RT. take. I would like to take one mo- minute to Ooh. roast a listener of ours. A very close listener. A very close relative my father yeah that's right I'm about to roast him guys he keeps requesting that I do Sigourney Weaver (laughs) and he keeps requesting it after I've already done it it's been two weeks since we did the Sigourney Weaver and Taylor Swift podcast and he still requests it and the other day he told me like I, I was like listen dad like just listen to it you know I'm not gonna be like I already did it but like I'm like oh you know just listen to it he's like I do listen and I'm like what episode are you on and he's like your most recent one and I was Mm. like did you finish it and he's like no Haley's talking right now about Aubrey Hepburn and so to be fair that means I bored him no (laughs) I think his commute just ended whatever but yeah I'm on to you Joe (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're both on to you you say you listen but it's been weeks since Sigourney and he still hasn't mentioned it to me so and it was a good one it was a good one it was all his fave things we talked about video Video games games. we talked about Sigourney Sigourney Finding Nemo Finding Nemo like come on Joe's favorite movie (laughs) (laughs) so just a light roast um don't request Light artists roast, a black that roast. we've already done. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Please listen to every episode. So this never happens to anyone ever again. Since we've uh, last recorded, Cece and I went out in our hometown. We did. We went to. There's okay. So there's technically four bars, five bars in Hartford. <laughs> I mean, I've never counted, but there's less than ten. I counted because I was a little concerned about. <laughs> what kind of bars we'd be walking into. I kid you not, there was a bar that we walked into and we turned around and walked right out. Like, Well, the coolest bar in town is this, it's a speakeasy. It's what they, like, it's like a fun, like, hidden bar that only the cool, less than 30-year-olds know about, I guess, apparently. And we said, okay, we're going to go try this other bar. And the guys at the bar literally said, you can't go there, it's too bright. 
Remember that? Yes. And we were like, what are you even talking about? That's so weird to say. And they were completely right. We walked in. It was too bright. Everyone saw my face, like totally. Yeah, everyone clearly. saw us walk in, super bright, and we turned around. Everybody and we left. had like, everybody's so old. Yes, there was a different. So the third bar we Friday went into. <laughs> so Friday night there was like no one out. The third bar we went into. The oh. second we walked in, weird vibe. Everyone like at the bar looked at us and was like, "What music should we play?" Like they looked at oh, us yeah. and were like, "These girls are young. They know what's up." And I tried to play some like Tame Impala for them, but yeah. there was like an age restriction on the video. And a woman like came up to me and was like, Jeez. "What are you trying to play?" And I was like, "Well, they were they had younger taste than us. They were playing Taylor Swift and like Katy Perry." Yeah, I feel like they were trying to compensate though. Like you I almost think? feel like they were like, "There's young girls in here. We need to play Katy Perry." I don't know because there was a man who obviously just got off his like Harley. He was wearing like Lots a of leather, leather vest. vest. Yes. And he was like, I love Taylor Swift. And I was like, what? The, where the fuck am I right now? In Hartford, Wisconsin. It was a very weird vibe, but I like appreciated it. Yeah. We played Bar Dice. I was slaying CeCe Lost. I lost. I had to buy like That's, six shots of something for that everyone. Was so dumb. I felt swindled into playing. Yes. But I felt like I had to pay up because good sport. It, I don't you know? know because that bartender, I'm still mad at him. Usually they really don't make you pay. Well, like if the bartender is playing a game with you that he forced you to play, usually they just expense it. True. I don't know. I'm mad about it. Never going back to that speakeasy. Yeah, and he was like so. I don't know. I'm, he was like so friendly. I didn't even tell you this, but he was so friendly to us. He was introducing himself. All of us were like kikiing. We're good Judies now. And then when we were leaving, I was like, "Okay, bye, Chris." And his obvious girlfriend turned around and gave me the fucking death stare oh i was like oh no we need to leave <laughs> like I, I was like obviously i'm not interested in this man with a mohawk but yeah <laughs> like it was so weird oh hartford wisconsin so good vibes <laughs> that's what we've been up to since our yeah. last podcast recording also i had an interview for a career <gasps> and i'm waiting for the call this week so, i'm so excited good vibes for you yeah i hopefully i get I don't know why, but I have a feeling they're going to call during this recording session. And then you'll get my live reaction if I get it or not. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> God, that's going to be your it's it'll be good. I either way, like I'll be crying. You know? <laughs> <laughs> either way, tears. Um, so, so Cece, I'm going to tie in. I'm going first. Oh, yes. Cece's going first. I've decided we've decided. But um, this ties into our Hartford adventure. Oh, no. Because. In that little speakeasy, there oh. was a jukebox like Ooh. machine where you can plug dollars in. I was like <laughs> the patron. Too much money. I, I was the patron <laughs> of the jukebox. I was literally like, play this song, here's a dollar. Play this song, here's a dollar. I just I just kept giving away all my singles until I had none. Yeah. Spent a lot of money on music. But can confirm. You know, you can only listen to so much Katy Perry. You can only listen to so much like oh, never mind. I'm not gonna drag anybody yeah you know no <laughs> except katie sorry yeah, katie, fuck katie. <laughs> <laughs> but um so i played i forget the first song we played but bitch the, i'm a cow yeah we played doja cats <laughs> bitch i'm a cow which bitch, I'm a everyone cow. i am not a cat the bar I definitely was like meow. what is this music yeah we and did we it live anyway. in wisconsin like can you even like question it no i don't think i think it's like awful half the population no maybe not half large population of 
the population of Hartford is probably cattle. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> There's some, I mean, I'm not opposed. I fucking love cows. I love cows. I don't too. know if I've ever said that here on the podcast. I would is give up my family for some cows. You would give up the whole heart. Is your no. scrunchy cow pattern? No, it's cheetah. It's cheetah. Okay. But if it were, oh my God, I think I should Amazon that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not leaving here without buying cow pattern scrunchies. <laughs> my sister, I recently forced my sister to buy a cow pattern swimsuit because I don't like go swimming very much. And so I was like, you buy this. It's on Shein right now. It's like a $10 swimsuit. It's the cutest shit in the world. Oh, my gosh. I want to see Kelsey wear it. It's on Facebook. You can go see it. She didn't give me any credit, but everybody loves it. So there I am. You deserve some credit for it. Hi. So (laughs) on that jukebox, uh, one of the songs I played was, did I play Sugar or Ginger by Brockhampton? Ginger. I played Ginger. Because we made some jokes about it. We did. Yeah. We did. So... (laughs) friends Brockhampton is a boy band so I'm going to talk about the founding member of Brockhampton Kevin Abstract I didn't know they were a band I really thought it was a guy named Brock no (laughs) it's a boy band it's it's like I mean it's not like one direction but it's the same premise where it's like a bunch of young dudes like really late really late teens like early 20s they're a boy band I did not know that. Mm-hmm. They're I'm like the it. boy band of the future, though. Like, they look different like than any. Dots. Like, different dots. <laughs> they aren't like any other ice cream you've ever had before. They are freeze-dried. Okay, okay, okay. So, we're going to talk about Kevin Abstract. And a little bit about Brockhampton. His last um, name is Abstract by birth? Um, Girl, I'm getting to that. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Clifford Ian Simpson. Clifford. He says in... Like interviews though, he's like, Oh, but my real name's Ian. I think he just goes by his middle name. I know people um, like that. Like in real life. So Clifford Ian Simpson, born July 16th, 1996, known by his stage name, Kevin Abstract, is an American rapper, so singer, songwriter, and director, and a founding member of Brockhampton. Okay. Is every person named Cliff short for Clifford? I think so. Holy shit. I know, mind that. blown. <laughs> like Clifford, the big red dog. Could have just called him Cliff. And Elizabeth. That Liz. Was the best. Cliff and Liz. Cliff and Liz. <laughs> I know some. <laughs> so um, because you asked about his name, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to how he picked the name. Yes. So I read, I this is by far like the person, Kevin Abstract is by far the person I've done lo- the most research on because I just like all his yeah. interviews. You know what? And- um, I was just sitting in my car and I was looking at my Instagram stories and you were posting a lot about Brockhampton. I had a feeling you were going to talk about them. Yes, because in my research, I found out that Brockhampton has a show on December 4th at the Raven <gasps> Eagles club ballroom oh, thing yeah so i bought a ticket today <laughs> i was just lost one. and i was driving past that just one <laughs> ticket i'll probably go by myself it'll really? be great how much was it it well you know how like a ticket is 35 dollars, and then there's the 10 dollar facility fee five dollar order processing fee and then like two dollars of tax i think it ended yeah. up being like around 55 bucks um but i love them that much that I'm going to go. Okay, fine. I'll listen to some and then maybe I'll decide. Because can I tell you? Wait, October 4th? December 4th. Oh, d- ooh. Yeah. Okay, okay. I have enough time to 
get 55 bucks. Yeah, come with me. <laughs> okay. We'll go. Okay, so a little bit about how, how Kevin Abstract got his name. So according to an interview um, slash article thing written by Haley Weiss, um, Abstract started off posting tracks to MySpace in middle school and chose his name for a simple reason. And this is a quote from him. I thought this kid was really cool when I was 12. His name was Kevin. <laughs> We had a tiny friend named Kevin. We did have a tiny friend <laughs> named Kevin. That he was is like five grades below us, but he was on our bus and Whoa. chill. He, chill wait, kid. I don't think we were on the same bus. Maybe we weren't. He was on my bus. He was and on his... my bus. Hmm. Okay, it doesn't hmm. matter. <laughs> I didn't even take the bus. <laughs> I live right next like... to the school. Okay, so okay, he thought Kevin was really cool. And now on his last name, he says abstract. I wanted to describe the music based on the abstract. It's such a 12-year-old name, but then it's stuck. I think I'm just Kevin now in a way. What the fuck? I know, right? Yeah, just name yourself after your coolest friend. I know. I'm trying to think who who did I think was like so cool. <laughs> I'm looking at her with a glare because it needs to be me. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, yes, but... But you can't just like, take my name like that. Clearly, Kevin Abstract doesn't hang out with like cool childhood kevin you know like it's a problem Haley, because then i'd be like call me Haley," as i'm like i would choose holly holly that was i told people in kindergarten that was my name holly yeah just we have holly bear holly leave now she's one of my sister's like besties she's like the third ellsburn sister if there ever was one so i would totally pick holly damn that means we're both picking holly we're both so we both have the same name again (laughs) Whatever. We don't have to do this. We don't have any talent. We can't. We can't do this. Okay. So back to Kevin Abstract. Reverse. He has his artist name. So he was born in Corpus Christi, Texas. Mm. Abstract never met his father and was not very close with his mother. Abstract began producing music at age 11 and ran away from home at 15. Like with like Apple Garage Band? Yes. Nice. I don't know. I think like the... Haley Weiss interview said that he started off posting tracks to MySpace. Yeah. So like he, yeah, he that was, was like his profile song. Like when you got to the profile, remember and, that? Yeah. And Mine that, was um rock star. Rock star. <laughs> I never had a MySpace. Haley was actually my first Facebook friend ever, and I remember because we we were on the same bus because we were on the school bus, and you were like, "Why won't you add me on Facebook?" And I was like, "I don't know how to add people. Are you I just sure?" Made it. I 100% remember this. You were always the first person dropped off. So it wasn't like a super long Uh, encounter ever. I can't remember. Okay. I'm just going to trust you because I'm very dumb. I totally remember this. Um, So he ran away from home at 15, stayed at a friend's house for a year before moving to Georgia to live with his sister. So now he's like 17 in Georgia. And... I watched a Viceland interview with him and nice. he, we, there's like those. no information. Normally when we do this, we have information about like, what was his mom's career? What was his mm-hmm. dad's career? Or like, if there's only one parent involved, what like were they all about? There's like no information out there. It, but in this Viceland interview, he says they're Mormon oh. and he doesn't talk about them because he doesn't want the decisions that he makes to affect them. So, so I, is he Mormon? I don't think so. Well, I don't think so, because another thing is in 2016, um, Kevin Abstract came out. He's gay. Ooh. So I almost wonder, like, you know, don't want to speculate, but I wonder if he, like, doesn't want to associate with them because, like, he doesn't want his them. image to reflect mm-hmm. on them. If it's, like, 
Like there, there's literally like no information about it. He just is like pretty private about it. Yeah. Well, I'm learning a lot about Mormonism right now mm-hmm. because last podcast on the left is doing like a series about it. It's a very interesting religion. Mm-hmm. It is like laced. It, its beginnings are lies. I'm sorry. But its beginnings are from a cult man who just wanted to make some money. Joseph like a, Smith. Yeah. Yeah. He was just like, I don't want a farm, so I'm going to start a religion. It, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry to all the Mormons. But the Mormons. Um, I just don't. I'm not. I'm not a Mormon, so I don't get it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I'm sure there's different levels of extremes as there are in all religions. So I don't know. Like, yeah. there's just, like, no information about, like, There's a Mormon family. in, like, Wisconsin, and then there's a Mormon in Utah. So True. <laughs> true, true, true. Um, so at the beginning of 2014, Abstract began working on his debut album with his in-house record producer, Rommel, which this is something that I have not been able to find a lot of information about either. And maybe I'm just, like, confused about it. So it's like he runs away from home, Lives with a friend for a year, lives with his sister, moves to California. But this like Rommel person, like, I don't know if that's like the friend he moves in with because so what what ends up happening is that Kevin Abstract lives with a bunch of people he went to high school with that he met at Woodlands High School when he lived in Texas. So from Texas, he went to living with a friend to Georgia to California. But like through all of that, he also kind of like lives with people who will become the members of the Brockhampton boy band. But I like, don't know at what point they like link up exactly. And at what point they start to live together because they always kind of collaborate. Like Rommel ends up being in Brockhampton, but this right now he's only helped like in 2014 Brockhampton isn't really a thing. He's helping Kevin abstract with his solo album. So I'm like kind of confused at how they, we know how it is. How do we've we had roommates before. You fucking like you get just get someone randomly in your house, and then they think they say, "Um, who's living here next year? Can I?" You know Can what I mean? I? True. It's True. always a weird situation. Like there's a person you know, maybe there's a person that knows him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't know. Well, and a thing too is that a lot of these people hook up because. Oh gosh, and see now the time and the timeline is confusing to mm-hmm. me too cuz now it says he Kevin Abstract doesn't start producing music until 2011. But there's also information that in 2010 he made a post on the Kanye Live online forum, now known as Kanye Tida, asking if anyone wanted to form a band in 2010 oh. and 30 users responded and some of those people who responded end up forming this group Alive Since Forever what which the- that is so, the internet is so powerful. It is, but then they disband, but then they rebrand as Brockhampton. Okay. So it's like, he doesn't run away. Of them he doesn't band. run away until 2015, but technically Alive Since Forever is around in 2012, but then he has his solo album in 2014, and then the <laughs> rebranding of Brockhampton is in like 2015, so he's, 2016. He's doing a lot of projects. And very prolific. So. Cool. They so he releases um, the album MTV 1987 and makes a music video for it. He completely crowdfunded all of it through Kickstarter, which like I don't know if he's just got like a big online presence then at this point mm-hmm. where because it was a 
three grand music video budget. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if he's just got the connections there, but then um, they go on, they release a lot of music videos for being as like young, I guess, as you would say. Um, Cause like 96. Yeah. He's like yeah, he's 22 right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so prolific. He's, like, yeah, he's 23 now, but yeah, he's got a couple of albums. Brock Hampton had like released like three studio albums in a year. Holy shit. I read something. That is like this can't this can't be true, but like probably it is. Um where is it? Oh man. So they revealed they were going to release their album Ginger mm-hmm. on and it released on August 23rd, but I read something where they like they like wrote it in two weeks, which like like can't be true. Like a whole album in two weeks, you write it, but like I think there's like a new like I don't know if it's new or not. I'm not a music artist, but I think it's very common for people to go into the studio and mess around and just come up with stuff when they're there. Maybe that's what they do because like they're super prolific and they've only been around for like a couple years. I mean, Cardi B did it. She Oh, true. Yeah, what was that? I don't know what the album's called, but she got, like, best rap album for it. She was pregnant. She was doing music videos at six months pregnant. She was just grinding, and she was very successful in it. Good I mean, I, I don't think it's impossible to do an album in two weeks mm-hmm. with a it's lot of help. So and there's so many, there's, and there's a lot so of ideas. People, there's, like, yeah. 15 people in the boy band? Like, Holy, Oh, there are a lot of people. There, a lot of them are like producers, though, and oh. creative directors. and But there's still like, there's like, rap, like there's K-pop. artists. and so, It kind of is where <laughs> they all kind of, but I don't think they do, I, I shouldn't say because I haven't seen their music videos. Okay. I don't think they do a lot of choreographed dancing. Okay, K-pop is a whole nother monster. It is. And a cool one. It is cool. Sorry. It's fine. I hope so, you talk about K-pop there. No. No, shit. So this <laughs> really will be thought a I game. was doing something there. This will be a game. Also, then I do just have a little note about Abstract coming out as gay in 2016. And he's very open about it on all of his um, records. And he always, he says he'll be, he'll rap about being gay as long as he can imagine a fan in need of a voice. Which so I'm like, forever. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, That's also awesome. so forever. <laughs> um, so this is a game for Haley. Oh, shit. Okay. Abstract said his influences for MTV 1987 were Frank, so that's his first album, were Frank Ocean, Justin Timberlake, and Kid Cudi. Abstract has described Kanye West, mm-hmm. Pink Floyd, Childish Gambino, yes. and Tyler the These Creator. These are like all my faves, by the way. <laughs> as influences on his music, with Tyler's group, Odd Future, mm-hmm. being a large point of reference and inspiration for Brockhampton. So with that huge list I just said, oh who God. do you think I'm going to... Pick as the favorite artist's favorite artist. I think that you're going to go all the way back to Pink Floyd. Guess again. Shit. Okay, wait. Let me see the list. The list? I can't show I you. I hope you talk about Kanye. I am. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, I would have a lot to say. <laughs> I know. Well, I thought about it. I'm like, you just did Taylor Swift last I lo- episode. Yeah, I'm a Swifty. You're a Swifty. I mean, hardly. Come on. We. I mean, I said it in the episode, but I'm more of a Kim and Kanye fan. Then I am a Swifty. We know this. <laughs> we know this. So, okay, talking about Kanye West. And I feel like Kanye, I had to pick Kanye. I was going to do Tyler, the creator. And I, and because yeah. of Tyler, the creator, I was going to do Erica Badu. 
But I decided not to do Tyler, the creator, because Brockhampton formed because of a Kanye West live forum. Yes. Like, that is why they exist. Like, also, I'll talk about it a little bit. Kanye rebranded rap. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know mu- a lot about rap, you guys. So if I'm making broad generalizations where you're like, that's not true. There's other people. Like, feel free to call me out. This is just <laughs> what I have gathered from my very limited Wikipedia research. But what it it's seems fine. to me is like Kanye West kind of made like made it possible for rappers to not have such like to not have to have their success be around a gangster image. Mm-hmm. Like and how. Like, I'll talk about it. People didn't want to give Kanye West a rap career because of his background, because he didn't grow up in the projects, because he spent time in that China. Is debatable. I'll talk about yeah. it. Um, Kanye is such an icon. Like, but how, yes, how he, like, he kind of paved the way for people like Kid Cudi to mm-hmm, rap about, yeah. like, mental health and, like, you know, like, all these other artists that don't talk about, like, gangbanging and, mm-hmm. you know, violence and stuff. Um. Kanye, I think every really successful artist, Madonna, Taylor Swift, Kanye West, rebrands themselves over their t- um, time in music. Like, yes, like Kanye start. Remember Kanye Shutter Shade Kanye? Like he had the pink polo, the Shutter mm-hmm. Shade, the shaved side. Mm-hmm. Like, and now he's this fashion icon. He's a Kardashian Jenner. Like, yeah, there, there's so many different like uh, eras. Yes, yes. So many, like, definitely an evolving style. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's so cool about it. it. I'm, I'm smiling. <laughs> okay. So, Kanye Omari West was born on June 8th, 1977, in Atlanta, Georgia. After his parents divorced when he was three years old, he moved with his mother to Chicago. His mother. Yeah. We yeah. love her. We love her. <laughs> There's. What's her name? Rhonda? Uh, Donda. Donda. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. Donda West. Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, signed a law when he was governor of California that's called the Donda West Law, and I'll talk about that later. I feel Um, like a fake fan for not knowing her name, like, forgetting that for a second. But, yeah, her name's Donda. They almost named their kid Chicago. I guess she's their second youngest right now. Um, They almost named her Donda. And Kim was like, I'm vetoing. I'm not. (laughs) She (laughs) didn't like Donda? No, I mean, I don't blame her, but. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Um, So his father, Ray West, is a former Black Panther and was one of the first black photojournalists at the Mm -hmm. Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ray Ray West was later a Christian counselor and in 2006 opened the Good Water Store and Cafe in Lexington Park, Maryland, with startup capital from his son. So that's cute. It seems like there's Mm -hmm. not too much influence with his dad in his life. He Mm -hmm. definitely grew up with his mom. There's a... He doesn't like his dad that much. Oh. He was... You said photojournalist, but he was like paparazzi. Oh. And Kanye hates him for that. Doesn't Kanye just like hate the paparazzi yes. so, so much? Yes. He doesn't like being on camera, really. Yeah. You can't catch him smiling. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, so. But yeah, they don't really have a relationship. So West's mother, Dr. Donda C. West. I didn't know she had her PhD. She's very cool. She's very educated. She was a professor of English at Clark Atlanta University and the chair. She was the chair of the English department. Oh, my God. At Chicago State University mm-hmm. before retiring to serve as his manager. So this woman had 
Lots of education. Huge influence, too. Yes. On him. And West was raised in a middle-class background, attending Polaris High School in suburban Oakland, Illinois, after living in Chicago. At the age of 10, West moved with his mother to Nanjing, China, where she was teaching at Nanjing University, University as part mm-hmm. of an exchange program. Interesting. According to his mother, West was the only foreigner in his class, but mm. settled in well and quickly picked up the language, although he has <laughs> since forgotten most yeah. of it. Well, he has a lot of Asian influence on his fashion and art like preferences. Well, I'm sure when you're Mostly 10, Japanese, but that's kind of how everything's trending right now. That's true. Um, when asked about his grades in high school, West replied, I got A's and B's, and I'm not even fronting. <laughs> I love him. And I'm not even fronting. And I'm not even fronting. <laughs> Which... I mean, I'm sure that's like the expectation when yeah. your mother has her PhD and is the chair of an English, you know, like that's yeah. the expectation. I didn't know that because recently on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, <laughs> they moved, I think it was last season, season 16. <laughs> Sorry. Um, they went back to Chicago to like show North West, like where he grew up. And it wasn't a, like it was a, not a good house. Like it was run down and kind of like not a good neighborhood. So I'm oh. surprised that you say that because maybe in the 70s or the 80s, it was middle class. Maybe. But yeah, it doesn't look like that. And kind of he maybe it's because of uh, pressure, but like he doesn't really. What am I trying to say here? He kind of makes it seem like he came from the projects. Yeah. Compared to what he has now, there's no question. Like, yeah. that's what it would be considered. Well, I'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, and kind of like the contrast between Kanye and who I picked as his influencer. Okay. Because, like, super different. Okay. Where they're I'm from. racking my mind about who it could be. You'll figure it out, I think. Okay. Um, so. West demonstrated an affinity for the arts at an early age. He began writing poetry when he was five years old. His mother recalled that she first took notice of West's passion for drawing and music when he was in the third grade. He started rapping in the third grade and began making musical compositions in seventh grade, eventually selling them to other artists. Selling your work in seventh grade? Excuse me. We love an entrepreneur. Yeah. Such a young age. Um, At 13, West wrote a rap called Green Eggs and Ham. (laughs) And persuaded his mother to pay for time in a recording studio. Accompanying him to the studio, and despite discovering it being a little basement studio (laughs) where a microphone hung from the ceiling by a wire clothes hanger, West's mother nonetheless supported and encouraged him. So, she just sounds like an amazing mom. This, knowing what happens to Donda, like, this is pretty sad. I don't know. I don't talk much about what happens to her, Mm -hmm. except for... What I will mention later, the law that had to get passed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah Maybe you can you can highlight a little bit of that for me. So, Wes crossed paths with producer DJ No ID, with whom he quickly formed a close relationship. No ID soon became West's mentor. It was from him that West learned how to sample and program beats after he received his first sampler at age 15. So after graduating from high school, West received a scholarship to attend Chicago's American Academy of Art in 1997 and began taking painting classes, but shortly after transferred to Chicago State University to study English. He soon soon realized that his busy class schedule was detrimental to his music work, and at 20, he dropped out of college to pursue his musical dreams. 
This action greatly displeased his mother, who was also Mm. a professor at the university at the time. She later commented, it was drummed into my head that college is the ticket to a good life, but some career goals don't require college. For Kanye to make an album called College Dropout, it was more about having the guts to embrace who you are rather than follow the path society has carved out for you. So she gets it. Mm -hmm. She's like, I don't like, I wish you would get your degree, but I get why you're not. Well, the fact that he could and he was in college is really a lot different than most rappers at the time. Yes. So I know what you're saying now. Um, So Kanye West began his early production career, mid-1990s, creating beats primarily for local artists, eventually developing a style that involved speeding up vocal samples from classic soul records. And um, so he got his first production credits at 19. Pretty much he just kind of starts producing for local rap groups. And eventually he um, became a member and producer of this group called the Go-Getters <laughs> that were in Chicago. And um, yeah, they only released one album, <laughs> The World Record Holders, in 1999. And then he just kind of keeps going. He helps produce music for other artists. He... Um, the third song on Foxy Brown's second studio album, China Doll, was produced by Kanye West. And he kind of just produces mm-hmm. until I think eventually Huge. he ends up. Yeah, he gets his big break in 2000 when he is asked to produce for artists on Rockefeller Records. Owned by Jay-Z, started mm-hmm. by Jay-Z. And his real big recognition came when Jay-Z's... Um, 2001 album the blueprint the blueprint was released that's huge yes it's so huge it was huge for jay-z it was huge for kanye huge for jay-z because it kind of like i think he had announced his retirement from rap prior yeah jay-z's very old yeah i never yeah he's old yeah and this was kind of like a new start for him so blueprint was a huge success so then Long story short, um, Wes is now known as this great producer, but he wants to be a rapper. And Mm -hmm. it was such a challenge for him to be accepted as one, and no one wanted to give him a record deal. So multiple record companies ignored him because he he did not portray the gangsta image prominent in mainstream hip-hop and rap at the time. Mm -hmm. And The early 2000s. Yes. And he met with Capitol Records, and they declined him. But everyone is like, you're the best producer, but we're not going to give you mm-hmm. this rap deal. And so, so those people are freaking regretting and, that. And there were like <laughs> there were like people who were like, oh, sure, I guess we'll give it a go. And then like someone else in the company would be like, no, 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 no. We can't do that. Like, so there are like so, so many weird. close the calls. The politics of like the music industry are so like complicated. Yes. And so eventually what ends up happening, so he is producing for Rockefeller Records. They get totally scared that he's going to leave them and go produce for someone else who will also give him like a recording deal. Mm-hmm. So Rockefeller signs him. Good. Yeah. Because they're like, well, we can't lose this man. No. We can't. Um. Jay-Z says later, too, like, we were really reluctant, but we kind of had to do it. (laughs) We just kind of had to do it. Didn't want him to leave. And so 
Kanye got in a car accident when he fell asleep at the wheel and his like Damn. jaw had to get wired shut in 2002. <gasps> and he recorded a song with his jaw wired shut. And that kind of like started. That's so experimental. So, yes. <laughs> so that was like his first like recording. And then he just kind of, he's kind of kept going. And eventually people were like, oh shit, Kanye. Like, Kanye we love this. this. Then in 2003, he like, is it 2003? His first album? Yes. 2004. 2004. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. It, because it got postponed so many times. It was supposed to come out in 2003. Um, but it, the release date was postponed three times because Kanye West is a perfectionist. Yeah. And oh, my God. I mean, he's still doing it. Yandy yeah. might never fucking come out. I've yeah. already listened to the leak, but now <laughs> he might not come out with it. So so there's that. Um, it's and- a 21 song album. Like, it's major yeah of his first album college dropout yes <laughs> and that pretty much that's what we got for kanye I there's mean, the one thing i wanted to mention this was just like a interesting factoid his mother died mm, oh, donda yeah. from complications from cosmetic surgery that she had had she, yeah she had a breast reduction mm-hmm. like a tummy tuck i pulled it up and then then and then according to the doctor he claims that he told her to stay at the hospital to recover but she went home and then she died the next day of a heart attack like related to complications yes but like obviously it was like so unexpected and mm-hmm. that was like a huge in Kanye's life like yeah because I mean, she she raised him he's never been the same yeah and um one thing I'll say too so this was the interesting fact um so Wes is living in California then at this point. And I assume his mother is too, because Arnold Schwarzenegger ends up signing a law when he was the governor of California um, called the Donda West law, which pretty much says like people are, people are totally able to willingly sign up for cosmetic surgery, but they need to have a proper medical evaluation prior. And if Mm. it's not safe, they can't have it. So So it might've been related to her own health problems before i don't know i think i didn't know that i think maybe the worry is just like doing too much of it you know like and i it doesn't sound to me like that's what she was doing but i don't know i don't know i mean it was a lot she had a five and a half hour surgery the day before she died yeah but whatever so that's what you have on kanye that's what i have on kanye Oof. You didn't talk about Kim. No, Haley, I'm not going to. ever. Because we'd have to go into Paris They graced the cover of Vogue. I will let you do Kim. Oh, my you God. You want I to do li- Kim. Bitch. I know you want to do Kim. I don't even do need Kim. to do any research. I know. That's why I, I she's off limits. Okay. I'm not mentioning her at all. Do you have a favorite Kanye West album? I really haven't listened to that much Kanye. Okay. I know you like 808s and Heartbreak. Probably. My, I'm a huge Life of Pablo fan. It sounds like I'm a fake fan when I say that. Obviously, I love my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Everyone's fucking favorite. But my favorite is Life of Pablo. Then I like 808s. I like Graduation. I like Yandi. I listen to the the leak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can say I like Yandi, but you can totally tell it's not up to Kanye's standards. And that's why he hasn't released it. Mm-hmm. And now Kim just tweeted like last week some date in September and this other fucking album title. So he might have just scrapped Yandi. 
completely. Oh, and we've been no. waiting for like a year, two years because he keeps postponing it. So, well, that's the thing. I mean, like, obviously, like Brockhampton and Kanye are on like different mm. levels of like what they're doing in life. But like, that's why I'm just like so blown away when it's like sometimes an album will take two years. Sometimes it will take more. Sometimes people will release three studio albums in a year. Yeah. There's this band, King Gizzard Lizard. <laughs> what the fuck? And okay. they release like five albums a year. I mean, grind. Yeah. I mean, Kanye but doesn't they're... have to release more albums to be mm-hmm. iconic. And right now he's focused on his fashion. Like, oh my God. Like accessible, <laughs> like high-end shoes. Like, you know. You Yeezys. know. Yeah, the Yeezys, bitch. The f- amount of fucking fraud Yeezys that I've seen. Fake Yeezys on the streets. You How can I mean? you even tell, though? It's like... so... The stitching. <laughs> it's the stitching. It's the color. But I don't know, dude. I just... Aren't I love those shoes, him. like, really expensive? Uh, they're 250 For... That's mm, normal. That's normal. For sneakers? Yeah. Like... I'm, like, a struggling. A pair of Jordans is the same amount. I'm struggling, because, like, I really want a pair of Reeboks. Oh my god, those are like eighty bucks. I know, and that's like I literally <laughs> okay, had a conversation. I had a conversation with my coworker where she's like, "I don't spend more than like fifty or sixty bucks on a pair of shoes." I, I date a sneakerhead. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I it's normal to spend two fifty to three. Not me, but he does. He does. How many pairs of shoes? Joe has. A lot of shoes. I'd say more than 50, and each of them is at least $200 or more. But where does he keep them? How do you have He keeps them in the box. With, in the box? Yeah. I mean, it's so complicated. Does he keep those little it's packets in the box. of like fruit <laughs> yes, the silicone. <laughs> it's so, it's so tedious, but I, I mean, no offense, Joe, but it, he has socks in the shoes so that they don't crumble. Like, the, oh, and where, so like, they don't oxidize. They're them? in. He uh-huh. puts both the shoes in a gallon bag, like, and then they're in the box, and then they're in his closet with no light. It's like, I mean, it, and he's not the only one who does this. Like sneakerheads around the world are doing this, and it's normal for a, a release to be two hundred fifty dollars. It's actually pretty accessible, but then resale, you're paying like a thousand dollars. Because don't people like buy up limited? Yeah, shoes like, and then resale. I mean, I've seen like videos of like sneakerhead <laughs> conventions where people are like walking around like con. <laughs> yes, they're like haggling for shoes, and it's just like like you got this in my size, you have this in my size, and it's. I mean, it, it doesn't even have to be his size. Joe will just buy. Inserts. Are you kidding me? Yeah, if it's too small or too big, he doesn't care. Like by half a size. Oh sure, but like, um, Kanye's re- new relative, <laughs> Travis Scott, like. His shoes are really huge right now. Like, he has Jordan collab. And, yeah. I mean, I mean a Nike collab, not a Jordan collab. Sorry. I'm confused. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a fake bitch. But, you know way more about this than I do. So. I don't know. I'm just, like, resale, it's insane. It's so hard to get. There's a lottery system. Like, um, it's just very hard. And it's. People's lives. People fucking love shoes. They love Kanye. They live for Kanye. They call him Jesus. Jesus. Yes. He goes by Yay now. Yay. Come on. Okay. He said on. He has a very iconic Twitter. He said like, "My name Mm -hmm. is Yay." Or something. We don't really know what's going on. (laughs) 
Well, and that's the thing. I totally glossed over all of like the Kanye West controversy, and mm. you bet I'm you better believe it. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. But I, I think like it would it. go on for so long. I think his intention is not harmful. I would agree, but also I think he could do with a good dose of self awareness. He had. I'm going to say he's been working on that for the past few years because he's been struggling with mental health. He's been in and out of rehab and he is a different person as, and with his family and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's not the same as he was when he interrupted T swizzle, you know? Sure. And I totally believe that. And People that's change. that on that. <laughs> and that's that on that. So in all of the names I dropped <laughs> talking about Kanye, who do you think I'm going to do? That. I only dropped like two that could possibly be influencers of Kanye. I don't remember what you said, so I'm not guessing. <laughs> Jay Z. Oh, tits. Okay, fine. Talk Jay-Z. about him. He's a, a legend. Sean Corey Carter, born December fourth, same day as the Didn't Brockhampton uh, show at the Rave, uh, 1969. Didn't he like groom Beyonce? <laughs> oh God, I did not. Did he? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. But now, you know, they're married. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. When I'll she was, like, in Destiny's that. Child, he was, like, grooming her. No. Yeah. And he's, like, old as fuck. No, six, 1969? Oh, that's not that old. <laughs> no, it's not. He's, like, J-V-H. 50. He's 50. He's 49. Let me look at Beyonce. He'll be 50 in December on December 4th. Same day as the Brockhampton Beyonce thing. Beyonce is 38. So they're only 11 years apart. But yeah, he groomed her. Weird. I did not know that. Okay. Did you get a call? No, I'm just sweating. Oh. Haley's <laughs> looking at her phone and I'm like, oh my gosh, is she right? Did they call for the, the interview? Wish. Okay. That would be so good. I'm just okay. looking at myself. It doesn't matter. Cece knows I sweat, but... <laughs> I sweat too. No big deal. We're just sweating. Sweating. So, um, Sean Corey Carter, known professionally as Jay Z, is an American rapper, songwriter, producer, entrepreneur, and record executive. He's considered among the best rappers of all time. He's regarded as one of the world's most significant cultural icons and has been a global figure in pop culture for over two decades. And may or may not be a lizard person and a member of the Illuminati. Most likely. Yes. Married to Beyonce. Oh, and yeah, he's married to Beyonce. I mean, they have to be the leaders of the Illuminati. Yeah. It, they have like, their spot under the Denver airport. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. There was, okay, this is like a little off topic, but like, you know how there's just like incredible pairings of people? Like you've got this rap icon, mm-hmm. Jay-Z and Beyonce, and the queen. another icon. Yeah. I just saw a picture and I think it's pretty recent from like early September, but there's this new movie coming out, um, The King. I don't know if you've seen. Yes, yes. It's Timothy. Timothy Chalmay, I yeah, think is and, how you say it. Uh, Lily, Depp. Lily Rose Depp. And they're dating. Yeah, I and saw the pictures. Like, <laughs> I know, I saw the pictures too. I wish I didn't see them because yeah. I was kind of like, ooh, none of that. But I mean, um, it was funny. <laughs> paparazzi. The paps. Um, But that's another thing where I'm like, that's just like, it's like kind of, it's weird when like two very beautiful like, 
people from like different spheres. Like it's just like interesting. How else though? Would it? I know it's the only way. Who but... else are you gonna fucking marry besides the other most beautiful person in the world? I know if you're looking, and you're working with them, <laughs> and you're working with them. State what is what do they call that stage relationships? There's like a word. I don't know. Let's talk about Sean Mendes and Camila Cabello. <laughs> oh my god, that is too. fake. Jay Z. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Born and raised in New York City, Jay-Z first began his musical career after founding the record label Rockefeller Records in 1995. New York okay, this City, totally Oh, I just spat. Um, mm. This totally skips ahead of where I wanted to start. I want to talk about how Jay-Z was born. How so, he was born? I think I know. Well, <laughs> we all know. Um, okay, Carter. So Jay-Z. I'm going to use a lot of this is going to use his last name, Carter. I'll, yeah, I'll throw Jay Z in there too. Um, Carter was born in the Brooklyn borough of New York City and mm-hmm. was raised in Marcy Houses, a housing project in the Bedford Stuyvesant neighborhood. Cool. So, there you go. After <laughs> their great. father, Adnes Reeves, abandoned the family, Carter and his three siblings were raised by their mother, Gloria Carter. Reeves would later meet and reconcile with Jay Z before dying in 2003. Jay Z claims his lyrics at that that hold on claims his lyrics um in nineteen eighty two at the age of twelve he shot his older brother in the shoulder for stealing his jewelry. Jay Z? Jay Z claims he did that. He claims, but he never was arrested? No. This is nineteen eighty two. Interesting. Um so along with future rapper A Z AZ and Jay-Z. Okay. <laughs> um, Carter attended Eli Whitney High School in Brooklyn until it was closed down. Then he attended the nearby George Westington House Career and Technical Education High School with future rappers, the Notorious B.I.G. Yes! Busta Rhymes. And... Wow, they all went to the same high school? They did. That's that so, so weird sick. to me. Like, Cameron Diaz and Snoop Dogg went to the same high school, which I guess... Maybe we're just not... In the right area. <laughs> I, I think you might be. I'm sure it's New York City. Okay. Whatever. You know, and I mean, like, and all their parents. Yes. Okay, whatever. So then he <laughs> goes, mad. he went to Trenton Central High School in Trenton, New Jersey, um, though he did not graduate from high school. Okay. Um, according to his interviews and lyrics during this period, he sold crack cocaine. Love. And was shot at three times. Oof. Did you say love to crack love. cocaine? Love. <laughs> Well, so as you can see, it. as like Kanye's going to China and getting A's yeah. and B's and graduating high school and going to college, this is like not at all no, where Jay-Z is getting track. started. And that was ended up being, I mean, not really because Kanye made it, but it ended up kind of being a detriment to his career in rap. Kanye's? Or it definitely stalled it. Yeah. It stalled it. Um. That's so, so according to his opposite. M- I know. It's it's very interesting. So according to his mother, Jay-Z used to wake up his siblings at night banging out drum patterns on the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. She bought him a boombox for his birthday, sparking his interest in music, and he began freestyling and writing lyrics. Nice. Known as Jazzy around the neighborhood. <laughs> Carter later adopted the showbiz stage name Jay-Z in homage to his uh, mentor, Jazz O. So he went to high school with a rapper who ended up being called AZ. Then he started walking around freestyling and people started calling him Jazzy. And then this mentor, Jazz O, 
influenced him to turn jazzy into Jay-Z. Okay. I'm, it's all very similar. I don't... Yeah. It's okay. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is pretty much where Jay-Z got in. He got this mentor. He's Sick. freestyling. He can be heard on some of Jazz O's early recordings in the 80s and 90s. And he gets in, like, some rap battles with rapper LL Cool J. <laughs> He's just kind of, like, in the scene and I love Jay-Z's voice. Recording. He's acu- accused or has been referred to as um, the rapper Big Daddy Kane's hype man. But Kane ends up being like, he wasn't really a hype man. Like when I would go out and perform, I would have Jay-Z come in in between and mm. rap while I went and changed. He's like, it's oh, not so really not a hype, like man. A hype man. He's like, not like, who can relate? Wh- Wait till Woo! he comes back. Wait till he- it's like, no, Jay-Z does his own thing. And okay. then Kane comes back. And so, um, yeah, he just starts rapping with other rappers and um, with no major record label giving him a deal, Jay-Z sold CDs out of his car um, and then eventually meets up with Damon Dash and Kareem Burke and created Rockefeller Records. Wow. An independent that... record label in 1995. With like no money? Well, I don't know where... Or they, they just, got money. No one would sign them, so they just did it themselves. So they started a record label, and then they got a distribution deal with uh, Priority, a distribution cool. company. And then Jay-Z releases his debut album, Reasonable Doubt, in 1996. Sick, and iconic. keeps going. Marries Yance. Yance. B. Queen B. They released an album called Everything is Love last year. One of my favorite albums of all time. I mean... I love that album. Yeah. It's I haven't heard so it. good. You should. It's on Spotify under The Carters because it's like a collab. The Carters. Yeah. They did. I saw their hey, joint Miss tour. Yeah. <laughs> I saw their their joint tour last year in Chicago. It was so good. They toured together? Yes. Because they released this album. That would be so ideal. If you had to like perform and it go on so tour good. that you could just like do it with your spouse and yeah. both make money. And your kids. And your kids are just like, you've got a babysitter in your trailer. And um, it's so funny. Well, it's not funny, but we know Jay-Z recently, like, was unfaithful to Beyonce with Becky with the good hair, you know? Has anyone ever cracked who's Becky? No. no. And she shades him in their joint album. And he's like, wait, hold on. I but mean, like, they're in the song together. But. Maybe that's part of their conflict resolution. Totally. Well, like, she released their- that album, Lemonade. She was like, fuck you. Like, they went to couples therapy, and the therapist was like, yeah, Jay-Z, you kind of need to let her do this. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, okay, I I care. mean, I just, I'm not even getting into it. If you can cheat on Beyonce, what are we in for, you know? Absolute hell. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I love Blue Ivy. She's sassy as fuck. She's cute. She looks like Jay-Z. And maybe... Which, I mean... (laughs) I mean, you know... Jay-Z, though... Yeah, I'm not getting it. She's very cute. She's a lot cuter than Jay-Z. Oh, yeah. 100%. (laughs) She got the best of those jeans. (laughs) Yeah. And she's Beyonce's kid, like... Yeah. I wish. Adopt me. (laughs) Adopt me. Well, you can have her adopt you once you sell all the hearts for cows. Is that what you said you were going to do earlier? Okay, no, I didn't mean it, Mom. Like, I'm not. <laughs> I just really want at least one, and it has. Uh, I just love them. Okay? I just love them. 
Um, those are all icons. Yeah. That was very good. Thank you, Brockhampton, Kanye, Jay-Z. And now I'm going to listen to Brockhampton. I mean, Kevin Abstract. Technically is who I yeah. did. But yes, listen to Brockhampton. I've been all up in my feels lately, so. Oh, damn. They're good about it. We won't get into it. <laughs> we won't get into it. <laughs> so, should I go? Yeah. Okay. As you recall, last time I talked about two people. Taylor Swift and Audrey Hepburn. Yes. And my hint was that I was going to talk about two more people and the origin of the little black dress. I remember that. I got to tell you, I don't know anything about the little black dress. That's fine. Is it a movie star? Is it a... No, the little black dress? Like the fashion item? Yeah, like where... Like who wore it first? Oh, okay. Well, okay. We know that Audrey like made it amazing in breakfast at Tiffany's Mm -hmm. and normally we go back in time as time works you know what I mean yes however I had to talk about this woman she wore it best I've never ever seen someone wear a little black dress better than her and she is she comes after yes she comes after Audrey Audrey and she it's also known as the revenge dress is she what is her field? Is she She's a, a royal. She's a royal. <laughs> is it is it like a contemporary royal? It's or? Princess Diana. Princess Di! We love, we stand, we miss you. I oof, I just I mean, have you ever seen a more beautiful woman? Oh my gosh. So, Princess Diana, um she's born July 1st, 1961 at Park House. Um, Park House is on Queen Elizabeth II's property, and her parents rent it from Queen Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. So she's in the royal sphere. Her grandmothers were both ladies-in-waiting to the queen and the queen mother, and ladies-in-waiting are like a personal assistant, like very close to the queen, and mm-hmm. the queen mother, who is the queen's mother. Oh, yeah, Queen Elizabeth founded that name because they were like, who do we call the queen? And she was like, call my mom the queen mother, Okay. I love the Royals. (laughs) Who do I not love, you know? Um, A lot of people. (laughs) She's the third and youngest daughter of John Edward Spencer, Viscount Althrop, heir to the seventh Earl Spencer. Whoa. And his wife, Frances Ruth Burke Roche, daughter of the fourth Baron Formoy. So I have no idea what any of that is fucking mean. It sounds so regal, though. Yeah. So, I mean, I always think, like, how do you become a princess? She was already in it. Yeah, she was born into it. She Yeah, so she was born at Park House, and she grew up there. She often played with the Queen's sons, Prince Andrew and Prince Edward. So she, she was like royal playmates, you know? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. In 1975, her dad became an earl, and she became Lady Diana Spencer. So before she was ever a princess, she was already a lady. Cute. Um, Her parents divorced when she was seven, and there was some trouble with custody, so she was moving around a lot. So later, she recalled that she wasn't very fond of her childhood. She described it as very unhappy, very unstable, the whole thing. That's a quote. (laughs) She wasn't great in school. Um, but she got awards as a child for her community involvement. Um, she was an accomplished, accomplished pianist, swimmer, and diver. Um, 
she went to finishing school and then returned to London and took odd jobs. She was a nanny and a kindergarten teacher. She, but I mean, she was rich. Like her mom bought her a like a house in London for her 18th birthday. Oh my god! So, I mean, we, I mean, we love her, but she had very amazing beginnings. Um, Diana actually first met her future husband Prince Charles because he was dating her older sister. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) which I think is so so funny. (laughs) So weird though. Could you imagine that with? (laughs) Your older sister, Kelsey, or my older sister, Kate. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. Yeah. She'd be like, what are you? This is beyond girl code. You know? Yeah. This is sister. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's in the royals. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. Does that really I don't know. The royals? <laughs> um, three years later, in the summer of 1980, she saw Prince Charles playing polo, and he took a serious interest in her. So maybe the sister had no choice. <laughs> He's like, oh. who's that dame? That looks like that the lady? other girl I've been seeing, yeah. but younger. Oh, dear. I think they had broken up by then. Oh, okay. Um, and so that was in the summer. In November, she met the family. So she was well-received by the queen of the queen mother and the Duke of Edinburgh, which is the queen's husband, who looks wow. like he's already dead. Like, have you fucking seen a picture of him? No. He what looks like Weekend at Bernie's. Like, he, it's very scary. Well, I'm sorry if you're listening. <laughs> the Duke of Edinburgh. Oh, man. Prince Philip? That one? Is he the Duke? Yeah. Is he the Duke of Edinburgh? It's quite old. I am. Is it this I'm... one? Yes. Quite old. <laughs> so she meets him in the summer. They, she meets the queen in November. And in February, he proposed and they're engaged. So everything's happening very quickly. Um. They married when Diana was 20 years old in July of 1981. So they were engaged in February, married in July at Mm -hmm. St. Paul's Cathedral. Um, Normally they get married at Westminster, but Mm -hmm. there's more seating at St. Paul's. So they had to do it there because they're like so popular. Here's a fun fact. Diana was the first English woman to marry the first in line to the throne since Anne Hyde over 300 years earlier. She was also the old, the first royal bride to have a paying job before her engagement. Oh, so, yeah, I guess kindergarten teacher. Yeah. Um, so the service was watched by over 750 million people on TV and 600,000 people lined the streets to watch her go to the ceremony in her carriage. Cute. <laughs> um, another fun fact, she said his name wrong at the altar. Oh she called God. him Philip Charles instead of Charles Philip. <laughs> oh my god so was it legitimate mm. <laughs> um we i mean can you picture her iconic poofy dress in your mind because i can yes i'm looking at it now though just because her poofy dress her 80s dress <laughs> was nine thousand pounds not weight but currency and had a 25 foot train so she's really doing the whole thing yeah if you look at this picture there's uh comparison between her and Meghan Markle's dress so look at how different like how minimal minimal I mean there's and how big but it's just a product of the time I mean can you even like that is a complete opposite I don't even know if you can compare those (laughs) I mean obviously you can we won't get into Meghan Markle but I just don't trust her something about her (laughs) I think and she stole my man oh well that's why that's why fuck her just kidding (laughs) 
if you're listening. <laughs> if you're listening, Megan, we're sorry. So Princess Diana had two children, the future King Prince William in 1982 and Prince Harry in 1984, otherwise known as the OG Ginger. <laughs> True. Harry, mm-hmm. She was very involved in the children's lives, which was uncommon for royalty. She chose their names, their nanny, their school, and their clothing, which was abnormal, strangely. Hmm. She was just like being a mom. Yeah. Um, so this is pretty sad. But after five years of marriage, they both began to have affairs. Charles with his, formal, his former girlfriend, Camila, and Diana with their writing instructor. Camila is so controversial. My mother hates Camila. What's her full name? I don't know. <laughs> Camila. <laughs> Wife of Prince Charles. I'm looking it up. Anyway, I just want to see what she looks like. She's the blonde woman. She's always oh, with him. Oh, yeah. So people, like, hate her for being a homewrecker and stuff and, like, blame her for Princess Diana's death and stuff. Um, the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh tried to help them reconcile their relationship, but they failed. So they separated in 1992, um, and it was, like, a four-year divorce. So that was really hard for them. Is this... I'm, 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 my question is going to be about the dress. The little black dress? Yeah. Okay, wait, we're getting to that. I, I figured. In 1994, Prince Charles gave an interview that confirmed he had been unfaithful to her, and the next day, Princess Diana wore her iconic little black revenge dress. <laughs> it's the most stunning off the shoulder. Like, she looks amazing. She's walking out of her car, and her ex-husband just revealed that he was unfaithful to her but she's like i don't care that's it i'm looking at it i mean there's a sweetheart neckline it's off the shoulder it's short there's a train i mean come on what was she doing when she was going to do this she was going to the bizarre icon party or i mean i could be wrong but she was going to like a party yeah she looks amazing um i mean the that obviously made her feel confident and happy. She looked stunning. She was glowing. Her stylist later recalled, quote, she wanted to look like a million dollars. And she did. Confirmed. Yeah. So she's a style icon, obviously. She she wore a lot of menswear, which was, I mean, popular. She popularized everything. She was like a celebrity. If she wore a suit with oversized shoulders, everybody did, you know? Mm-hmm. I saw Regina wearing camel pants and flip-flops. So I'm wearing camel pants. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's a style icon, but also what's more notable about her is her charity work. She was an advocate for animal rights and she fought against the use of landmines. And she was a huge AIDS advocate, which is obviously super prevalent in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I watched a documentary once of AIDS patients saying how much it meant to them that she wasn't afraid of them. Like yeah. at the time, people, I mean, nurses were too scared to interact with them, but Diana would hug them. She would shake their hands. And it was at a time when, I mean, most people didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, she was amazing. Her list of activism and charity work is so long, there's no like, way I could say it all. She was just an amazing woman. Um, she was also the most famous person in the world. Mm-hmm. She was followed everywhere, and she was the most photographed person in the world. At the time. 
Um, she was distressed by all the public attention and paparazzi, though she didn't like it. I can't imagine anyone no. would enjoy that. No. Um, she, we all know, she tragically died in a car accident in Paris in 1997, leaving behind her two sons who always comment about how much they miss her. And there's a big controversy about it because people love to blame the paparazzi. Mm-hmm. But I just watched a documentary about this the other day, and there's no way that they could have caused it because there were no pictures of the crash. There, the only pictures were taken like ten minutes after, mm-hmm. so they weren't they couldn't have caused it. But the driver was intoxicated. Yeah, and there's a ton of speculation. I won't get into it. I don't really like speculating about people's deaths, but people think the royal family did it. Because of her boyfriend, and it was just, she died, her boyfriend Dodie died, who was an heir to a lot of money as well. Um, Her funeral was beautiful. I mean, the steps of, like, Westminster had, like, millions of bouquets of flowers. Like, she's, like, so missed, like, even Mm -hmm. today. Um, She's buried on a small island in the park of her family home. Um, It's intensely private. She was supposed to be buried with other royals, but it would be a security problem. So she's buried alone in an island so the grave can be cared for and her family can visit at any time without being worried. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So her grave site is like, um, has like coordinates online and stuff. Oh, God. Like you can't ever, you could never visit it, but there's like an exact location. Mm-hmm. And it's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. I went to Kensington in London in fall, and she has a beautiful garden, like, in her name. Like, the Princess Diana Gardens was so gorgeous. It was one of my favorite places in London. So, that's Princess Diana the icon. Pretty sad. I mean, extremely sad. We love her. And we love her fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but... And she definitely wore the little black dress better than anyone in history. Mm-hmm. That's my humble opinion. I have to agree. Yeah, I've never, like, come on. So now we're getting to the OG. This is the woman who invented the little black dress. Is she a designer? She is. Can you guess? I don't know. Is it a label that's still around yes. and super prevalent? Yes. Is it? I, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna make a fool out of myself. It's if I Coco guess. Chanel. Coco Chanel. Yes. Yay. The OG designer of the LBD, the little black dress. She's the reason we don't wear corsets. <laughs> Part of the Love reason. Her. She's the reason having a tan is hot. She's the reason we fucking wear tweed. Like, come on. We don't love her, like, as we'll find out, but. And Ooh. I didn't know that until I was doing this, but. Oh. Gabrielle Chanel was born 1883 in a charity hospital to a laundry woman and a street vendor. Um, Her dad sold clothes and undergarments. Um, Her mother died of TB, tuberculosis, when she was 12, and her father sent her and her two sisters to an orphanage. Um, It ended up being kind of, I mean, good, because that's where she learned to sew. Oh. She really actually wanted to be a performer. (laughs) Like, what did she want to perform? Um, like ballet and like she wanted oh. to be an actress and mm-hmm. you know how everyone does just like Audrey um, she did perform cabaret which is where she got her name Coco so she's born Coco. Gabrielle but now she's Coco Chanel little stage name 
she had a a dramatic life with men. Like the whole half the Wikipedia page was about men, which sucks. Like like her a woman is not her man. Yeah. Oh. Um, Would she just go in and out of relationships, or were they like, is there like a lot of turmoil? Like both. Mm. So, but her favorite is a man named Capel. Um, he was like her muse almost. Ah. Um, he inspired her Chanel Number no. Five bottle perfume, and he financed her first shops. Isn't Chanel Number no. Five like? It's the most iconic perfume. Yeah. Is that like the Marilyn Monroe perfume or? Probably. I don't know. I feel like I remember. Do you remember the click books in middle school? Like click, like C-L-I-Q-U-E, click. No. Like, but they were all about these like really like kind of bitchy girls that were like designer stuff. And this like normal girl had to go to their school. I just remember what? them talking about Chanel perfume. Oh, well, yeah. The Chanel number five is the most iconic. Yeah. Um. Also, I think all of their names were Chanel or something. Maybe that Probably, was something that's else. That's Scream Queens. Oh, <laughs> you're totally right. That's Chanel Scream number Queens. one, Chanel, Chanel number two. two. You're totally right. I love that show. <laughs> um, So Capel is her man's. He died in a car accident in 1919. And she later said that, quote, his death was a terrible blow to me. And losing Capel, I lost everything. What followed was not a life of happiness, I have to say. So. Aww. At first, she is designing hats, and she becomes a certified milliner, which means hat designer. So that's interesting. Um, she sold her hats in, like, a shop that had, was already successful in selling clothes. So that's how she got her in. Like, mm-hmm. um, she became famous when a famous woman wore one of her hats. Um, so Capel is funding everything in her early years. He bought her first boutique where she sold deluxe casual clothing suitable for leisure and sport. So that's not the same as a corseted like gown. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that was different about these this clothing is that she made it out of jersey and tricot, which is fabrics. Um, they were used to, at the time to make men's underwear. <laughs> so they were comfy. Yeah, but also accessible. Like making yeah. clothing out of this means that it's cheaper and that more women can wear it. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the beginning of a more casual way of dressing for women. So we love um, Chanel was convinced that women would ultimately rebel against the aesthetic favored by male designers, which she called, quote, illogical. <laughs> <laughs> the waist cinchers, padded bras, heavy skirts, and stiffened jackets were just like, that's what she called illogical. Men are designing it for women. We don't like that. Like, you don't know how it feels to have these titties, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> Also, at the time, her perfume Chanel Number no. Five was a big part of her success and was sold around Paris in department stores. Like people knew her for that. Mm-hmm. Um, she opened her fashion house in Paris, and she also designed for film twice a year in Hollywood. So she's kind of made it. Like yeah. she's designing for stars. People know her name. People wear her perfume. This is in Paris, though. So, okay. So now we're getting into the little black dress. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I talked, the Wikipedia talked about the color black, so I did too. <laughs> um, in the early 19th century, black was adapted by the romantics, like Shelley and Keats. Like, not Marie Shelley. Yeah. Mary Shelley, fuck. <laughs> but her hot husband, Percy. <laughs> Ooh. Which is tea. Um, due to its melancholic aura. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Victorian era, black. Transitions from a color of art to one of grief and mourning, 
widows were expected to wear black for at least four years. Um, and was also the uniform for maids, which is because of Queen Victoria. After her husband died, she she only wore black for the rest of her life. Which wow. is crazy. Commitment. I mean, I have to talk about Queen Victoria someday, but she's an, she's the reason we have all this shit today. Like, she's the reason we wear white on our wedding day. She's the reason we wear black when we're sad. She she invented the choker. Yeah. Victoria. Yeah, Queen. <laughs> um <laughs> In 1926, Coco Chanel published a picture of a short, simple black dress in American Vogue. It was calf length, straight, and decorated by only a few diagonal lines. Vogue call it, called it Chanel's Ford, like the Model T. The little black dress was simple and accessible for women of all social classes. Um, Vogue also said it would become, quote, a sort of uniform for all women of taste. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's a Vogue quote. Yeah, so a uniform for women of taste. Okay, Vogue. Like, okay, go off. Um, this helped dissociate black from mourning and reinvented it of a high class, wealthy, and chic crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is what I think of it. I know. Now, I mean, I only wear black because. Okay, here's what Chanel says. <laughs> Quote, I imposed black. It's still going strong today for black wipes out everything else around, <laughs> which is tea. It makes me look skinty. <laughs> it's cute. Yeah, I love black. But what also made it more popular was because it was in the era of the Great Depression and because it was made out of this accessible fabric, mm-hmm. women were wearing it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it helped. It was a way to look simple and chic on a budget. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is when we get into Chanel not being okay as a human. As it is for many, I mean, almost all of our OGs, mm-hmm. World War II was at the time that they were living. Mm-hmm. Um, so when World War II began, Chanel closed her shops in Paris saying, quote, this is not a time for fashion, which seems nice. Yeah. <laughs> But really, she was a Nazi sympathizer. Oh, no. Um, She lived at the Hotel Ritz, where the upper echelon of German military staff also lived. Chanel. Yeah. Coco. That whore. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Why didn't she get the hell out of Dodge like everyone else Because she was a Nazi sympathizer. And she wasn't, honestly, she wasn't afraid. Here's what happened. There's a big... This is about the Chanel number no. five perfume. Um, so, as we know, World War II, the Nazis seized art, culture, um, businesses, lives of Jewish people and enterprises. Um, and that provided Chanel with the opportunity to gain the full monetary fortune by her product, Chanel number no. five. <laughs> Bless you. <sighs> That's what happens when I spray perfume, too. I always sneeze. Oh, my gosh. Um, Wait, so because all of her competition was wiped out, that's like... Well, here's... I have to sneeze again. No, I'm fine. The directors of... Like, the people who produced it were Jewish. So she used her position as an Aryan to petition German officials and legalize her sole ownership of Chanel Number no. 5. She wrote um, her grounds for proprietary ownership were based on the claim that 
Parfume Chanel, quote, is still the property of Jews and had been legally abandoned by the owners. I don't know if you as know. in like as in they were fucking taken away. Yeah. Like oh my gosh. That how uh so, cancel culture is new, but like, I mean, come on. I like can you even can you get any worse as a fucking person? No. No, you literally can't. <sighs> so I don't know. Like it kind of like I didn't know this, and I'm I'm sure a lot of people don't know this. Yeah. Because a lot of people wear Chanel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like Chanel. I love Chanel. It's iconic. It's Do you think the company does anything to like, you know, you would think, you'd think that they would have some kind of philanthropy that's yeah. like 100% like we I recognize this was messed up. I don't you know. You know, like because they're so iconic. I don't. Oh. This like really, it makes me like so upset. Um, okay. Okay. Um, as 1979 began, oh, excuse me, why did I say this? I don't know. Chanel was 87 years old, tired and ailing. This is how she died. Um, she carried out her usual routine and she prepared the spring catalog. She went for a long drive the afternoon of Saturday, January 9th, and then she felt ill and she went to bed early. She announced her final words to her maid, which were, quote, you see, this is how you die. And then she fucking died. So bye. <laughs> you see. <laughs> this is how you die. Oh, my God. So she knew. She had a feeling. Good. Um, I mean, she, not good, but also good. Come on. You know, bye. <laughs> if anyone's going to die. Um, other notables besides the little back dress that we stan. The Chanel suit. Mm. The tweed suit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we love. Um, her distinct jewelry was like a mix between... Um, costume jewelry and like normal jewelry so it was mm-hmm. big and new and the Chanel bag the boy bag yeah. and the suntan which I, I'm confused because when I first learned it about a suntan like when you get tan outside um, because people who had a tan were people who worked in the fields yeah. so it was not popular until she put her models were tan so now everyone's wearing a tan Mm. But online, I read that she just wore a tan, so it was popular. But I, so I learned in like French class that it was because of a, um, like spread in a magazine. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure. Hmm. But still, she's credited for it either well, way. Also credited for some shitty stuff. Shitty stuff. So sure, take all of your credit, but like every. Everything, I think they should just, every profit they have of Chanel number no. five should just go back into Holocaust remembrance. Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. Or, yeah. Or isn't there, God, what is it called? Isn't there some program where Jewish people can go back to oh, Israel? Oh, that's controversial. Oh. It's called, like, Life Right or, no. Birthright. Birthright. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe if it's controversial, I need to look that up more yeah. before I... I learned about that in my Jewish literature class. Like, my teacher was, like, so against it. Oh. Yeah. There's an episode of Broad City where Alana and um, <laughs> Abby go, but it just it turns out, like, that they're like, you're Jewish, so, like, marry a Jewish person so yeah. there are more Jewish people. Like, it just turns into, like, a dating. Yeah. 
Well, actually, game. there's these people I watch on YouTube, H3H3, Ethan and yeah. Ela Klein. Yeah, and he met that's her on That's how Birthright. they met. Yeah, I watched that at the Holocaust <laughs> yeah. Museum. Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, well, that's how they met. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. I don't know. I like Ethan a little bit less and less every time. Oh, I yeah. Well, I love Ela. I love Ela. And their new baby, Teddy. <laughs> yes. Teddy Fresh. Be cute. Teddy Fresh. Well, thank you, Haley. I thought this was a good one. Good wrap up for yeah. T Swift and Yeah, Audrey. so it's a four part thing. Yeah. Not four parts like I'm done, but four people. You also jumped the timeline too. So I feel like mm-hmm. that, that makes fun. sense then. Yeah. <laughs> Time warp. Time's a, time is a circle. Mm-hmm. Not a line. Fuck. I'm not getting into Project Pegasus right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Um be sure to like, rate, and subscribe. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. Definitely review us on Apple Podcasts because that's how we get um, listeners, new yes. listeners. Yes. And please feel free to make any requests for mm-hmm. people. If you want to know more about your favorite artist, favorite artist, mm-hmm. let us know. And we'll find their favorite artist, too. Yeah. We'll do some wikipedia Yes. Donate to Wikipedia. Donate to <laughs> Wikipedia. Thank you. This has been OG Influencers. Goodbye. See you later.